and we are live hello hello and welcome to another episode of quick brew i'm vicky and i'm katie yeah <laughs> say it the quickest <laughs> yeah i know but every time you say that i worry about me doing an intro now because i hear you say i'm vicky so often that i think when i do an intro i'm gonna go oh, i'm vicky and then i'm like but i'm not vicky i'm gonna throw you turn left one day and go i'm katie and see what oh. you do don't I just my brain can't handle stuff like that brain blown <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to get it the right time of the day as well because if it's too early in the morning I'll just miss it yeah. too late in the day gone so just carry on thinking you're me yeah wow, I know. scary scary stuff there <laughs> if you've just tuned in I'm wondering what the heck you're listening to you are listening to quick brew um myself and Katie we are the co-founders of strong tea podcast and quick brew is the podcast that came off of strong tea but still has the same idea the same principles behind it and then we want to talk about topics that some people consider taboo or controversial but definitely topics that we need to be talking more about and learning more about as well so quick brew is myself and katie our strong tea has uh, guests and this month is pride month and so you will catch some fascinating and inspirational people who we've talked about this month on our strong tea but today quick brew myself and katie katie what are you drinking well because it's like 28 degrees outside i was like i can't even bring myself to drink tea and all those people out there that are probably the older generation that say i'm gonna have a cup of tea when it's this weather because it's refreshing i'm not gonna say the word that I think, but it begins with B and <laughs> baloney. Yes, absolute boulder dash. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not, it makes me sweat more. And so tea and anything hot was off the cars today. So I have gone, are you ready for this? I've gone Go on. Back, back to the old school, old Jamaica ginger beer. Wow. Mm. You are living life, my friend. I know, but I've got to, because I'm so warm, I've got to be careful I don't drink this too fast because it makes me burp. (laughs) Beautiful. I know. Which is fine when you're in the comfort of your own home. No one is listening. But on the basis of our um, recent download numbers, people are listening. So we don't want to be burping in their ears. So Unless they like that kind of thing. um, Yeah. What is it? ASMR? Yeah. Is that when you can hear people chewing on a microphone? Oh, I hate that. Some people love it. They really get off on it. Oh, that's gross. Maybe we should do an episode. (laughs) Oh, oh. yeah, for our sex series, which is coming soon. Coming soon. Pun. Lol. Um, Lol. Go on then. If it's, uh, so it's 28 degrees outside here. Is it 28 degrees outside with you? And what are you drinking? It is. It's a scorcher. It's beautiful. Um, what am I drinking? I am drinking roasted hazelnut and espresso coffee. We may have to just change the name of this podcast to Strong Coffee mm-hmm. instead of Strong Tea. I, I am tending to have more coffee these days. Yeah, Sponsorship I think that... by Nespresso, please. No, because you're the only one that drinks it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I need it's not it even sponsor drink. Vicky. <laughs> yes, just sponsor me. <laughs> I'm great. Um, yeah, I just needed the hit today because I'm very excited about this episode. Um and it's, yeah, it's a technique, technique, a method, a style structure we've not tried before. Mm. So I am really excited about this. 
But why are we doing it? Why are we doing it? Why do we have pride? And why do we need to celebrate or highlight pride? So Pride has been celebrated every year in June since 1970, which is a year after the 1969 Stonewall riots in New York. And that was when the police raided the Stonewall Inn. We've given the history quite a lot in last year's episode where we talked about the history and why um, Stonewall happened. But the Stonewall uprising occurred on June 28th, and it was a, a tipping point for the gay liberation movement in the United States. And then a year on, on the same date, June 28th, Thousands of people marched from the Stonewall Inn to Central Park and marking what's now recognised as the nation's first gay pride parade. And since 1970, LGBTQ plus people around the world and their allies have continued to gather together in June to march with pride and demonstrate for equal rights. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been asked, why isn't there a straight pride or a month dedicated for straight people? So let me break this down very quickly for you, and I will keep the language clean. So people are still attacked because of their real or perceived sexual orientation and gender identity. So there are threats, violence, harassment against LGBTQI people every day, including at Pride events as well, by the way. And in a number of countries, these events can't go ahead without masses of police presence. And homophobic and transphobic hate crimes have a devastating effect on the LGBTQI communities. Um, And that fear actually pushes people to hide their identity and not be their true selves. So prides are also an opportunity to challenge homophobic and transphobic legislation. So... LGBT rights rights activists have been prevented from holding Pride events in Moscow, for example, since 2006. And following a decision of the Moscow City Court in 2012 for the next 100 years. In addition, a federal bill prohibiting the promotion of non-traditional sexual relationships to minors was passed in 2013. So in short, the law now bans LGBT activism and support groups, um, including at Pride, Pride events, and it's punishable with jail time. Now, if you think, oh, that's in Russia, that's far away, you've probably seen the news about the Florida, Florida governor, Ron, Rob DeSantis, who signed the anti-drag show bill, which, uh, along with three other bills, places severe restrictions um, or in some cases an outright ban on gender-affirming care, where transgender people can use the bathroom and so on. So Pride and Pride events are about human rights. They empower LGBT individuals to reclaim their rights and freedoms that are denied and the public space that they're really often excluded from. So visibility is crucial, especially when the government and opposition groups go to such considerable lengths to put LGBT people at the margins of society. Wow. Kept it clean. I think it's I think it's so important that you've said that because so many people see pride and think, well, yeah, but why? Or mm. what what does it mean? Is it just about being proud? But it's about so much more than that. And for example, I went into a shop yesterday, which I don't know if it should remain nameless, but I guess I guess not. Um Hotel Chocolat. And they have um, a sign on the side and it's got, you know, the little chocolate boxes that they do that have almost like chocolate fingers. Yes. All the little straight chocolate bars. Yeah. 
So they've got a picture and it's just lots of straight bars mm. and it's the LGBTQ colours. Okay. And it says it's about it's about people. It's about being inclusive. It doesn't say anything about pride, though. And I kind of feel like some brands are using it as a chance to be like, look at us, we're supporting pride. Mm-hmm. When actually they're not standing up there and saying, we're proud to have LGBTQ plus employees. Yeah. We're proud to support our customers who are LGBTQ. They're just sort of saying, here's here's the pride pla- pride." pride flag colors yeah you know we're inclusive but that's all we're gonna say it's almost just like it's a bit half-assed in my opinion yeah it's jumping on something to as you said look inclusive but not necessarily really walk the walk Mm. um and that's frustrating and that's when you see some embarrassing things where companies organizations and institutions just get the message so wrong Mm. so wrong yeah, absolutely. And it's one of the reasons that we wanted to do um, this episode. And I think it comes from probably, I mean, Vicky used to work in diversity and inclusion. So you've got a big background in this anyway. Um, but it's come from conversations I've had with people over the years. And the, I don't want to say confusion, confusion is probably the wrong word, but misinformation maybe um failure to educate themselves Mm -hmm. um, lack of knowledge that sort of thing because let's be honest the terminology now for the lgbtq community is so broad Mm -hmm. and also it has moved on specifically and significantly from the 70s 80s 90s we're in a different place now and people not everywhere, but people are feeling more empowered and more able to be them true selves in some circumstances. And that doesn't just mean you're gay or you're straight or you're trans or you're not, you're cis. You know, it's it's about so much more than that. And that's what we want to tackle today. So just to clear up things to start with, I'm going to hand Vicky back over and we're going to talk a little bit about the definitions when it comes to sexuality and gender because they are very very different and people often get them confused so we're going to define those to start with and then we're going to dive in and we're just going to chat about some terms Mm -hmm. and terminology we're going to put all of this on the blog post as well so that you can refer back to it if you need to or you're a little bit confused or you can get in touch with us so go Mm -hmm. ahead Vicky. Brilliant before I start as well it's okay to make mistakes it's okay if you get something wrong. What isn't okay is if you deliberately get it wrong or repeatedly get it wrong or don't learn from it. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of people will kind of dismiss the LGBT stuff completely because they're scared of getting it wrong. And as Katie said, that's what this episode's for. It's just a little bit of education, a little bit of, you know, just keep this in mind, um, but never be afraid, you know, be be part of our community. It's ignorance our ally. hurts, isn't it? Yeah, 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 definitely. So- Let's start. Sex. Okay. The definition. Woohoo. Woo-hoo. Not that kind. Sex. The definition, sometimes called biological sex, anatomical sex, or physical sex, is comprised of things like genitals, chromosomes, hormones, body hair, and more. But the one thing it's not is gender. Okay. So gender is often expressed in terms of masculinity, 
and femininity. And it's largely culturally determined. So we have decided what is masculine and what is feminine. And because of that, it's assumed that the sex assigned at birth, so that's the sex, that's the biological sex, will fit into those gendered, binary genders, the masculine or feminine. Okay. Sexual orientation is an individual's internal experience of sexual, romantic, emotional attraction towards others. Okay. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. So the term LGBT, start small, technically stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender. So it includes both sexual orientation, so that's who you're attracted to, and your gender identity. So that um, culturally determination of what we deem as masculine and feminine. But it's sometimes used as an umbrella term for anyone who does not identify as straight, heterosexual or cisgender. So we'll go into that later. So it's important to know other sexual and gender identities that the term covers. Um, Now, it's also known as LGBTQIA+, which is an abbreviation of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer or questioning, intersex, asexual, and more. Don't go cross-eyed. Don't turn off. We are (laughs) going to explain all of this. But in a nutshell, that's the difference between sex, gender, sexual orientation. Cool. I like it. We're going to start off and we're going to talk about some terms associated with gender so i'm going to kick off it's probably the most obvious one to start with um transgender now i also want to put a little caveat on the end of this one and i'm gonna it's not what we've put in the notes but i am going to talk about the difference between transgender and drag because Mm -hmm. you'd be surprised how many people get this mixed up so transgender is an umbrella term to describe people whose gender is not the same as or does not sit comfortably with the sex they were assigned at birth. So what Vicky was just talking about there. Trans people may describe themselves using one or more of a wide variety of terms, including but not limited to transgender, transsexual, gender queer, gender fluid, non-binary, gender variant, genderless, agender, non-gender, bi-gender, trans man, trans woman, trans masculine, and trans feminine. Now we will talk about some of those terms in a little bit more detail afterwards, but the difference between transgender and drag. Drag is an art form. Drag is something that people use to express themselves. If you haven't been to a drag show or you haven't at the very least watched some form of drag on television, it's about an expression of life and art. It's anything you want it to be. Transgender is not that. Transgender is expressing the person that you feel you are. Transgender is those people that were born into a body that they don't feel fits. And Vicky and I talk about this on so many different occasions and we've got a couple of really really incredible trans women guests coming on our show and we've both said on several occasions we're very lucky because we've never been in that situation and we've never understood what it's like to grow up in a body that you don't feel that fits but you don't know why you just think something's just not right 
And we're extremely privileged to have been in that situation because no one would choose to be trans, you know, no. they're just trying to make their life what they feel it should yeah. be. And that's why trans people should be respected and there should be more understanding around it because so many people get it wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, we've got a, a privilege. We are cisgendered. Okay. So cisgender is someone whose gender identity is the same as the sex that they were assigned at birth. So for example, I was assigned female at birth and I identify as female. So therefore I am cisgender. Yes. And you that can sometimes be called AFAB as well, can't, can't it? A A F A B, assigned female at birth. at birth. Correct. So that can sometimes be abbreviated, which can get confusing as well. So a- AFAB's better than AMAB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I am AFAB. <laughs> so yeah, so that's cisgender gender. Now I'm gonna look at non-binary. Um, because again, this causes a lot of confusion, but it's an umbrella term for people whose gender identity doesn't sit comfortably with man or woman, male or female. Non-binary identities are varied and can include people who identify with some aspects of binary identities while others reject them entirely. So some non-binary people refuse to believe that there are just two genders and do not conform to either. Now, that doesn't have anything necessarily to do with the way that they look or the way that they express themselves. And this is where it gets confusing because some people may look at a person and say, well, that's a female. They're dressing more masculine. Perhaps they want to be a man or perhaps they're non-binary or per- nothing to do with that it's how that person feels and wants to express themselves and we'll talk a little bit about pronouns in a bit but non-binary is the one that doesn't fit within that conformity of male or female as society has mm-hmm. put it out there is that does that sound about right if i if i put that's that perfect yeah no that is absolutely perfect and that goes um neatly onto the gender fluid so that's a person whose gender expression or their gender identity varies from one gender to another or others in some way. So some days they will feel one particular or lean towards one particular gender. Another day they'll embrace or express another another gender. So it's it's very fluid. Um, so that, that neatly follows on from the non-binary. A, a classic example of that is um, Susie Izzard. Some of you may know um, her as Eddie Izzard, which she doesn't mind being referred to. Um, But if you read the book, um, I can't remember what it was called. Might have just been called Eddie. I'm not sure. And it talked about how she, as she was growing up and through her life, she's had boy days and girl days. Mm. And some days she wants to wear a skirt and some days she wants to wear jeans and trainers. And that's, I think, the perfect kind of way of expressing that term, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you mentioned the word there, gender expression, um, which goes back as well to non-binary. It's how a person chooses to outwardly express their gender um, with the context of societal expectations of gender. So a person who does not conform to societal expectations of gender may not, however, be identified as trans. 
So yeah. it's how that person puts themselves out there. And whether yeah. that sits right in your mind as to what they look like or how they speak or how they dress or anything like that, it's how that person is choosing to express themselves, not yeah. how you feel they should fit into a box. And I still find it fascinating. I think the day that I, it really hit me about gender being this social construct was just, it, it blew my mind away where we have made these rules of what women it's appropriate for you to wear to be a woman and guys what you know stereotypically you should wear to express your masculinity and be seen or put into the you know category of being a male and we've made that up Mm -hmm. like we have made that up yeah so if we persecute um a, a, a man for wearing a skirt in a serious capacity, not on a Hindu or anything like that. You know, he's a cisgendered, hetero, all heteronormative, everything's fine in terms of uh, how society would, ex- you know, expect, but he wore a skirt, then he would be laughed at or ridiculed because it's not fitting into a world that we have constructed. Yeah. And I can't get it. It's really mind blowing when you really think about it. No, there was um, a guy, well, actually, I've seen it, I saw an article on it a couple of years ago, and it was a couple of guys, and they would go to the office, and these are cis males, heteronormative males, um, would go to the office, and this one guy had, I don't don't want to use the stereotype, but he had a shaved head. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, bit of this sort of designer stubble. He was wearing a very, very smart suit and he was wearing a miniskirt and he was rocking some stilettos and it showed, there was pictures of him waiting at the train station and people were like mocking him. And he's like, I don't care. He's like, I'm, I'm fierce. And this guy was straight as well, you know? So he was, he was like completely rocking the construct of everything that said, this this is not normal or you shouldn't yeah. be doing this. He was just out there and he's just like, I look great. Yeah. Now that's down to him. This is this is the infuriating thing with homophobia, transphobia, any sort of bigoted approach. It it shouldn't concern anyone else. Why no. should it bother a person stood down the road if there's a guy up here wearing a suit jacket and a mini skirt and stilettos? Why? Why should it bother them? It's not affecting them. This person is not throwing themselves in their face, being like, you should do the same thing too. Mm. So why does it bother people so much? And it is that this; these are the rules we abide by. This is what I feel comfortable with. And as soon as someone threatens to make you feel uncomfortable or go against what you have known, that's when they get a bit aggressive. And you see that, which very neatly, I don't know if you made that as a very good segue to transphobia. Well done, Katie. So transphobia is the fear or dislike of someone based on the fact that they're trans, including denying their gender identity or refusing to accept it. And transphobia may be targeted at people who are or who are perceived to be trans. Now, going back to what we were just saying, there have been a plethora of um, videos on social media of um, folks being challenged in women's toilets and women's changing rooms 
And they're from accounts of individuals who identify as women and they are cisgendered women. But because of the way they look or the way that they've dressed, individuals have come up to them and challenged them saying, you're trans, get out of the bathroom. So they're not trans. They just don't look like society's conforming standards of a female, of a woman. But they are women. Yeah. And there's a whole load of these videos. And there's um, a model, Rain, Rain Dove. Ah, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And they have done loads of these where, you know, to, absolutely stunning. Um, but they they have done videos where they're wearing a bikini and people look at them. They're in man's clothes and people are still kind of a bit confused. Mm. But we have made it that way. We have made it through our construct of what we think the genders should be to make individuals stand out and not feel included. Interestingly enough that you mentioned Rain Dove because I was on their account the other day and I saw a video and, you know, they're not just putting themselves out there as someone who expresses themselves in a way that they just want to. And mm-hmm. some days that's more feminine, some days that's more masculine. Yeah. But they use it to teach society. And they did a video and it was about how um, it was trying to show how people felt more comfortable with one or the other. And they were wearing, um, when they dressed more feminine and asked if they could use someone's phone, people were like, oh, sorry, I'm in a rush. I've got to go, you know, and it was all very much closed off and very, mm. no, sorry, I've, you know, as soon as they dressed more masculine and said, I'm really sorry, I need to, I need to meet my friend and I've, I've run out of battery or just had my phone nicked or something. Any chance I can use the phone? They were like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And it was, you know, and they've done a series of these videos about things like going in to get a haircut mm. and all these basic things. And like you've just said there, it's because someone doesn't fit in with the way that yeah. we feel. I mean, surely our generation now, unless you've been raised by homophobic, transphobic bigots, um, should start to allow for a wider, broader acceptance. Yeah. yeah. I, I do think there are quite a lot of problems with the older generation. And I'm not using that as a sweeping statement because I've seen so many things on social media where it's like don't use age as a thing because I told my granddad I was trans and he was totally Mm. okay with it you know it's not everyone but I think there's a certain generation that have been raised to say well this is a man and this is a woman and that's it you fit into this box or you fit into this box and anything around that or that doesn't fit into that doesn't sit right with me because I don't understand it and therefore I don't like it. Yeah. And I think that's a very, very closed yeah. way of thinking. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, mm. completely. So before we get on to any more of a rant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being um, so restrained here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. You're, I can see you probably, you probably won't have any nails left by the end of this. Will you? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to tell you about intersex, which... Yes, um, please. I think you mentioned was part of the LGBTQ. It's the I, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's the mm. I. 
the eye. So it's a term used to describe a person who may have biological attributes of both sexes or whose biological attributes do not fit with societal assumptions about what constitutes male or female. Intersex people may identify as male, female, or non-binary. Now, the very outdated and offensive term for this would have been hermaphrodite. And that's the only reason I use that is so that people can make the assumption as yeah. that's what it's called now. Intersex is uh, an, an approved term, would you say? Yeah, it's accepted. It's a more appropriate term. Um, and that's not to say, and again, this is down to miseducation. It's not to say that a person has two fully formed sexual organs that are, you know, both there. You know, it might be that it's sort of slightly more one than the other, or there's, you know, it's it's not as it sounds and I think that's a lot of people get confused and they hear about this maybe in, at school age mm. and there's a lot of gossip about it and it kind of turns into something that it's not but there are people out there and they are part of the LGBTQIA community and again treated with respect however they want to identify mm-hmm. just let them get on with it yeah absolutely dead naming oh <gasps> Sounds quite traumatic. So dead name. Let me start off with with, uh, defining dead name. So it's a term that's used for the former name of a transgender, non-binary or gender non-conforming person who's changed their name to affirm their gender identity. So the dead name would be their their previous name. Assigned at birth. Assigned at birth. Normally. Yeah, Yeah, normally. So dead naming is the harmful act of actually calling someone by their birth name after they've changed their name. So it's actually a a form of harassment. It's a form of bullying. Dead naming is um, basically just bringing up um, a person that they are not, um, but the person they were assigned at birth. Does that make sense? Yeah, kind of form of what you were talking about with misgendering earlier as well, isn't it? Yeah, 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 extremely harmful. Yeah. Um, uh, Again, I don't know why people do it. Because, again, it doesn't serve any purpose. It's just offensive nope. and rude. Okay, I've decided to do this one because I know it's going to make <laughs> you angry. <laughs> I'm going on mute now. Yes. Yeah, I'm just going to see Vicky throwing uh, all sorts of different things around her office. So a turf. What is a turf? You might have heard, you probably will have heard the term um, because there have been so many... Uh, news articles in probably the last two, three, four years um, and before, but this term is more recently. And last week, Oxfam. Oh, I'll have you tell me about that in a minute because I don't know about that. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, so TERF, T-E-R-F, is an acronym for Trans Exclusionary Radical Female. Sorry, feminist. Not female, feminist. So as a person whose views on gender identity are considered hostile to transgender people or who opposes social and political policies designed to be inclusive of transgender people. So this is people that say trans women are not real women. This is people who stand up and say trans women should not be allowed to use changing rooms or bathrooms. These are probably the women that you just talked about who are confronting some trans people, some cisgender people in bathrooms and toilets. And their argument is that 
uh, there should be safe spaces for mm-hmm. females. And there may have been a handful of cases um, like there are with every offence and every every bad person. There's several stories, but this is not a widespread problem. This is not every trans woman is going about her business to make lives miserable or uncomfortable for others. This is just trans women trying to get on with their lives and live their lives that they want to live. Turfs don't want that. And they try to block um, political movements, um, bills in parliament, um, which uh, block inclusivity. So that's what a turf is. Tell me about Oxfam. They also spread hate. They also spread lies and untruths. Um, and they create a lot of damage. And don't be fooled into thinking that TERFs are just uh, cisgendered women. Hmm. Um, TERFs, that there is um, LGB without the T or LG without the T. So, you know, even in the LGBT community, trans folk see a lot of pushback and um, transphobia as well. So this is why trans people need to be protected because it's from all angles it's not just you know it's not just from one one place um but yes the oxfam thing so oxfam did an advert a pride advert and within the advert there was a cartoon character of a woman with a turf badge and she looked you know had red eyes looking very evil and basically it did look like she had who shall not be named um and yeah, it's all gone up in the air and people are coming out. Why did you put she who shall not be named on there? And yeah, so it's um yeah, they've had to apologize, which is just ridiculous. Um because yeah. TERFs are calling themselves TERFs. So it's not a derogatory term. They actually call themselves TERFs. <laughs> so- yeah. There was yeah. something innocent did a post um a couple of weeks ago about Pride, and it was all about trans people and it um mentioned mermaids charity now there's been quite a lot of speculation about the i think it's the ceo of the charity at the moment and some um shall we say shady mm-hmm. uh maybe goings on but that's not to say that the work that mermaids does is is not relevant because it is but it is. innocent innocent posted up about this and so many people said you shouldn't be posting this because of the association with the CEO. And so Innocent took the post down. And so many people said, stand by your guns, you know, actually stand up there and just turn off the comments and just yeah. say, we stand with trans people, yeah. not, oh, we're really sorry we said that. Sorry, we offended some people. We'll switch it. We'll, you know, we'll take it off now. And I think that was a real shame because there's such a, pioneering brand for marketing and getting messages out there and that sort of warm fuzzy feeling yeah it just didn't feel right with me that they'd just gone oh you know we've offended some people so we'll just take that away yeah I don't know but there we are that's the thing if you're scared of I would rather people didn't like me for being inclusive than to dislike me because I've been exclusive or I've been seen to be weak mm-hmm. I just think there's some power in standing by your convictions as a company Mm. 
And I don't think you could get any bigger a message than to, you know, not necessarily target turfs because then we will be just as bad as them. But, you know, just to actually include a much targeted part of the community. Yeah. Yeah. Stand, um, stand by your convictions. Too bloody right. Yeah. Trans feminine, often abbreviated to trans femme. So this refers to transgender people who have a gender identity that's predominantly feminine. So another definition refers to transgender people who typically were assigned male at birth and whose genders are mainly feminine. So trans feminine people may or may not identify as female. Okay. Okay. Going the other way around, transmasculine, often abbreviated to transmask. It's a term used to describe transgender who identify with a masculine gender identity uh, to a greater extent than with feminine gender identity. So another definition refers to transgender people who typically were assigned female at birth and whose genders are mainly or completely masculine. Hmm, that's interesting. I didn't I didn't know about that. That's hmm. uh, taught me something. Thank you, Vicky. You're welcome. Um, right, transitioning. So it's the steps that a trans person may take to live in the gender with which they identify. Each person's transition will involve different things. For some, this involves medical intervention, such as hormone therapy and surgeries, but not all trans people want to or are able or are able to do this. Transitioning might also involve things such as telling friends and family, dressing differently, and changing official documents. It's important to point out here, and we'll go over this in following weeks um, when we've got a series of really incredible guests coming on. Transitioning is not the same for everyone. Some trans people, they identify, say, for example, you have a trans female, someone who is assigned male as birth, at birth and wants to live as a female that person may simply you know grow their hair and dress in a feminine way that doesn't make them any less than if that person was to go for full hormone treatment top surgery bottom surgery the whole hog doesn't doesn't make that any different if someone wants to identify as a female, it doesn't matter at what stage of their transition that they are. Would you say that's that's right? I think that is absolutely spot on. I think one of the worst things that, well, I don't know, I'm totally kind of taking the light off the, my, my trans brothers and sisters, but I think one of we've we've heard from Dylan, we've talked to Marianne, we've talked to some incredible trans folk, and one of the things that has come across is never ask a trans person when they're getting surgery mm. because it doesn't matter mm. as you said transitioning is a very personal thing whether they choose to do a little a lot it it doesn't it's it's no one's business yeah and it's it's we've heard we've heard one of the chats that we had uh come over if it was with Katie or with Marianne but someone said everyone else is obsessed with what's happening in trans people's pants. Yes. And we had this conversation with Dylan and Dylan said, would you ask, would you ask a cis person, you know, what's in their pants? And I was like, well, depends how many shots I've had, but (laughs) 
generally not. And, and that's a, that's a really good point to make yeah. because why should we? Again, it's like the guy that wants to dress in the stilettos and the mm. miniskirt. Why should anyone else be concerned with what's going on? And if why it's not should, affecting yeah. them? And why should they have to conform to make you feel comfortable? Mm. Why should they have to justify to make you comfortable? So what you're seeing is a confusion because of how you've been brought up, your cultural, social, whatever. They shouldn't have to change anything about them to make you feel comfortable. It mm. is your problem. Educate yourself or just get on with your life because it's none of your business. Oh, I feel like you're telling me off. Sorry, I'm not telling you off. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Moving on. Gender dysphoria. So gender dysphoria is used to describe when a person experiences discomfort or distress because there's a mismatch between their sex assigned at birth and their gender identity. So that's exactly what Katie was talking about earlier with um, with the trans folk. And this is also the clinical diagnosis for someone who doesn't feel comfortable with the sex that they were assigned at at birth. Yeah, and if you listen to Finn's episode... That talks a lot about that. Mm-hmm. And we'll also, uh, with a couple of the trans episodes we have coming up, are really, really good at getting into that and mm-hmm. helping you understand really what that's like. Because like we said earlier, we don't have any concept of no. that, what it's like no. growing up in a body that doesn't feel like it belongs. Yeah. Uh, I know you've mentioned it already, um, but I will just touch on it again. Misgendering. So referring to someone, especially a transgender person, using a word or especially a pronoun or form of address that does not reflect their gender identity. So mm-hmm. if you know someone has transitioned or is transitioning, you, you shouldn't be misgendering using their, no. you know, um, assigned gender because Definitely. that's yeah. not what they're identifying as. Yeah. And that neatly goes on to the pronouns. Um, so, hi, I'm Vicky. My pronouns are she and her um we use these to refer refer to people's gender in conversation so for example he or she uh him her and some people may prefer others to refer to to them to them um in gender neutral language um so they them or ziza um and a form of sorry sorry ziza yeah ziza yeah i haven't heard that um so pronouns are I mean if you get it wrong if you get someone's pronouns wrong don't make a big deal of it just move on learn from it get it right next time mm-hmm. by making a big deal out of getting a pronoun wrong you're making it worse so you know ideally learn and make a conscious effort the amount of times we talk and we just absently talk that's when the kind of mistakes kind of happen but pronouns are key yeah and it's hard isn't it because it's not necessarily even if it's something that you're you know you're an ally Mm. you don't have any problems or negativity towards people for someone to change a pronoun it's a difficult thing Mm. to change your mindset because you've been so used to it Mm. and especially if that's they them because again it's a sort of collective rather than singular so it's hard to sort of retrain your brain but like Vicky says if you get it wrong it's not a big deal as long as you're trying and you're not doing it out of misgendering or negativity Mm. 
then it's it shouldn't be an issue for that for that person I guess if yeah yeah I'm going to tell you about gender non-conforming which is also known as GNC Mm -hmm. so someone whose identity and expression of gender does not ascribe to the gender binary or traditional male or female so again much like non-binary this is someone that doesn't conform to a gender you know and that is a a gender as well isn't it um it's someone that again may just be what's the androgynous that's the other word isn't it androgynous yeah yeah so someone who just doesn't conform to any masculine feminine male female conformities just Mm. happy just being them and again that can seem a threat to some people who have that binary of male female in their minds Mm. um but yeah gender recognition certificate also known as grc so this enables trans people to be legally recognized in their affirmed gender and to be issued with a new birth certificate um not all trans people will apply for a grc and currently you have to be over 18 to apply and have lived in in your gender for for 2 years um you don't you don't need a grc to change your gender markers at work or to legally change your gender on other documents like your driving license and your passport oh is that so i didn't realize that that's so Mm -hmm. okay and i'm gonna go for the final one in this um section of glossary if you like this glossary terms um for gender and talk about gender identity clinic now again if you haven't listened to Finn's episode, this talks a lot about it in his episode. But um, a gender identity clinic is a type of specialist clinic providing services relating to transgender healthcare. So I actually went on to one and found what they talk about, what they do. And their quote is, our service provides gender care to a large range of people, including trans men, trans women, non-binary people, and people with other gender identities who are seeking help with issues related to gender. Now this is such a broad term mm. because the work that these places do is invaluable but so widespread and the waiting lists for these places are up to six seven eight yeah. years which is just terrible at the moment when there are so many people who need help need support you know it's it's scary because people are in a, at a point where some people are so unhappy in their lives they are taking their own lives because they don't have the support that they need from these places now a gender identity clinic will support people who are transitioning people who want to transition people who are experiencing confusion about their gender identity that's basically what they do so it's not you know a one size fits all and everyone will use it for a different reason but these places are under huge demand at the moment and uh, really need more support. I agree more. Shall we talk about sexuality? Let's talk about sexuality. So I will start with gay. So the adjective describes people whose enduring physical, romantic or emotional attractions are to people of the same sex. So men being attracted to men, women being attracted to women, Sometimes lesbian is pre- the preferred term for women, but equally, as uh, we heard in our episode with Suzanne, um, she preferred to be known as being gay 
and not a lesbian. So gay is a kind of the umbrella term, really, but some women do prefer to to the term lesbian. Yeah, it's interesting, like you said, it is an umbrella term, isn't it? It's not mm, just yeah. for men. No, um, no. But leads on nicely to uh, what I am going to talk about, which is lesbian. Refers to women who have a romantic or sexual orientation towards other women. Some non-binary people might also identify with this term. So it's important to say, and it that would um, go for being gay as well, mm-hmm. just because you're gender Mm -hmm. is one way it doesn't mean you conform yeah to a specific sexuality so again it's very very important and I think it's probably important to identify it again at this stage even though we did it at the start people's sexuality does not necessarily tie in with their gender and they are two completely different different things yeah big up my bisexual crew Uh, a person so bisexual is a person who can form enduring physical romantic or emotional attractions to those of the same gender or more than one gender so people may experience this attraction in differing ways and degrees over their lifetime and bisexual people need not to have uh, specific sexual experiences to be bisexual they don't need to have had any sexual experience at all to identify as being bisexual. So here's a question. I know what you're going to ask, but go on. Go on, what am I going to ask? The difference between that and pan. No, no, no. Oh, because, okay, go on. Um, Because I know you're going to come on and do that in a minute. Because bi, so the term bi is is two, isn't it? So yeah. two, two genders. So say, for example, you are attracted to say non-binary which is Mm -hmm. an additional gender are you still bisexual does it still fall under that umbrella yeah because it's one or more right okay yeah there is some confusion because when uh, i will talk about the difference between bi and pan but yeah there are yeah there are similarities i think yeah it's difficult because i would probably am i more pan than bi I don't know. We'll talk about when I talk about the definitions. I'll, <laughs> I'll think on it. I'll think on it. Okay, oh, we've, got one, we've got one more definition before, so get thinking. <laughs> um, um, so I'm going to talk about the term queer. Now, queer is a term used by those wanting to reject specific labels of romantic orientation, sexual orientation, and or gender identity. It can be used as a way of rejecting the perceived norms of the LGBT community, although some LGBTQ people do view the word as a slur but it was reclaimed in the late 80s by the queer community who have embraced it now we've spoken to a couple of people haven't we um Mm. of different sexualities different genders and some of them say yeah you know I call myself queer and I'm proud of that and other people say not really a big fan of the term so I would say if you are not part of the LGBTQ community you do not use it to address someone or describe someone or anything you just don't use it because it can be taken as a slur or offensive but yet there are people out there who they feel comfortable with that and that's totally yeah it's kind of reclaiming that power yeah okay pansexual have you had time to think this isn't someone who's attracted to you know 
pans mm. and yeah of the frying or sauce variety but you know um, just before you say that that's some of the ignorant comments you get isn't it with people that don't understand <laughs> that and people that don't understand genders and when they hear someone say i identify as and they say oh i'm going to identify as a toaster and you just think yeah. shut up you know yeah yeah no. you knob <laughs> you identify as a knob <laughs> yeah you just it not there's no identifying about it you're just a knob you're just a knob um <laughs> yeah. so, so go on with your pan love pan love so my pansexual refers to a person whose romantic and or sexual attraction towards others is not limited by sex or gender so aren't pansexuality and bisexuality the same thing so while there are many overlaps between pansexuality and bisexuality, the official definitions differ in their approach to gender. So the prefix pan means all. So pansexual pansexuality is an attraction to all genders, identities, or attraction regardless of gender identity. Whilst bisexuality is the attraction of multiple gender identities. Okay. OK, so there may be individuals who align with the way pansexuality is defined, um, yet identify with the term bisexuality. So I think that's probably me. Um, and that's completely valid. Others may use pansexual and bisexual interchangeably. I know April said something similar as well. Um, and our identities are personal and specific to each and every one of us. Um, so, yeah, however, identify it's similar. That just made that just reminded me of another term that I remembered looking up years ago, which is sapiosexual. Have you heard of that? Human, just love all humans. No, it's um, it's a an attraction to someone's intelligence. You don't have an attraction to a gender. It's about the intelligence and personality before you even see their gender. I think May Angelou was was one of those. She always said she she fell in love with intelligence first. There we are then. Yeah. Maybe she started it. What a legend. Um, I'm going to talk about polyamory. Now, we, um, we're we currently talking to a guest who may very well come on um, to talk about polyamory because it's something I am fascinated by because mm. I'm just like, I can't imagine ever sharing anyone with anyone. You know, I just, it's not something that fits into my mind. But polyamory is the state or practice of having more than one romantic relationship during a period of time or referring to someone open to having multiple partners or not currently in multiple romantic relationships. So you could be married to someone and have other partners. Right. Yeah. And I I was reading something the other day about it was on Twitter and it's this woman who she's in a long term relationship with her partner and he's not Polly, but she is. And he's okay with her going out on dates and stuff and like hooking up with this other guy. And I'm just like, I just can't imagine a world where I would be okay with that. But it's it's not my orientation. But it does fascinate me because I'm just like, is there no jealousy? Is that how how does that work? And how does it work? Is it emotional attachment? Because we all love people in our lives slightly differently. So is it an extension of that? If you see what I mean. So I love you differently to 
another one of my female friends is it feels a different love do you see what I mean so if you're in a polyamorous relationship with your main partner for example your love would be different to a connection with someone else you're attracted to to sort of almost fill the gaps if you like I, I didn't even think of that but okay through, through five people you can get a whole person <laughs> i have no idea and apologies for any offense to any polyamory people out there Seriously, we, we are no. literally we want to learn about we, polyamory oh, it's just it it absolutely absolutely fa- fascinates me yeah um, i'm so i'm so wanting to know more so yeah if you are polyamorous or in a polyamorous relationship please get in touch yeah we, we'd love to learn more about yeah. about that area <laughs> Um, biphobia so that's the fear aversion or hatred of people who are bisexual pansexual omnisexual or otherwise attracted to multiple genders I haven't experienced I've been really lucky I've not experienced biphobia blatantly uh, but I've had comments of um, hedging your bets was one of them Um, another one was you can't be um you can't be biphobic you can't be bisexual because you're married to a man um another one was you're making it up wow yeah you get all sorts you get all sorts um I just but those I, are more microaggressions really i just think it's hard for people to process is and again it shouldn't be anyone else's business nope. i know i've said that so many times but i think people struggle to process something in their mind and so therefore they almost just don't accept it Mm. and so something doesn't sit right so yes you have a husband doesn't mean you don't you you don't have an attraction or an orientation towards females yeah there were two things I got from it the first was you're picking out something from my life that's going to make you comfortable so you're picking out a version of me that you're feeling comfortable with instead of accepting that I'm bisexual you're saying oh but you're married to a man therefore we don't really need to I don't need to feel uncomfortable because that's something that I'm I recognize I'm used to um and I can't remember the second point I was going to make there is it <laughs> I've had coffee my head's going at a gazillion miles an hour I thought you said you were taking coffee so that you were a little bit yeah more I know it. oh and the second thing I got from it is that um I'm I'm lying that I'm I'm being that they're not believing the truth they don't want to believe the truth which kind of in my mind is then well what is your what do you see when you when you hear the word bisexual then what what are you envisaging but that's that's the thing if it doesn't and I know it's easier said than done in a lot of cases but I just think why would you have people like that in your life yeah that are and I know for some people that's you know you know family whatever they don't really have a lot of other options but you know for someone that's just going to say you know you're lying because it doesn't fit in with their norms mm. you know there was um do you know the uh Grey's Anatomy did you watch Grey's Anatomy I don't know no so there was an actor actress actor um who plays and I can't remember the name uh but they played Dr Callie Torres married to a man came out as bisexual after something like 12 years of marriage and honestly social media went bonkers they were like why 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 would you come out why would you come out 
when you're happily married, so-called happily married. And it really jumped on. And I'm I'm being careful with my pronouns because I'm not sure if they're they them. Um but it was it was almost kind of like and it's like, well, why should it bother you yeah. what this person says? And the reason they did it was because they felt that there needed to be more um support in the community yeah. for younger people and more representation. Yeah. And once that sort of explanation was out there, it sort of died down a bit. But I just yeah. think why do people care so much? Yeah. No, exactly. Completely agree. And I know we're going to cover that in another episode um, about, you know, bi erasure, biphobia, and, you know, more more representation for, for bisexual folk. Absolutely. Um, and it leads on to homophobia, um, which is the fear. I'm, do you know, I hate the fact that it's called the fear because it's not. The fear. It's not yeah. being scared. Of- Ignorance. Of, of gay people it's someone just being a dick yeah you know, that's that's not phobia um so it's the fear or dislike of someone based on prejudice on prejudice or negative attitudes beliefs or views about lesbian gay or bi people homophobic bullying may be targeted at people who are or who are perceived to be lesbian gay or bi so but it can homophobia can affect bi people it's not, you know, just biphobia. Um, but again, it's down to lack of education. Yeah. Um, and I hate to say it in, in some cases, poor upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. Because people don't, people aren't born homophobic. It's like yeah. people aren't born racist. But it's, you're right, because going back to the drag discussion that you had, you know, we had um, Sub Samuel on who was just incredible doing amazing work with um drag queen story hour and daily he's putting on to his site about the counter protests of you know drag queens are groomers you know and it's feeding into that homophobic rhetoric isn't it it's that Mm. it's just gut churning Mm. and the likes of as i said at the beginning in florida you know really hammering in the education system to not teach children about same-sex relationships or even that choice or you know visibility that there are queer people out there and you can find love and there there isn't there's that education that's being stopped and I think it's just I mean it's it's against human rights for a start but the other thing is you are going to create such a frustrated generation and confused generation and a generation of fear and more violence because you're not educating them about the real world and how people are unique and we're all different and we all love different people. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, I think you're absolutely right. It's it's just downright ignorance. I, I saw a um, thing that came up on Twitter the other day and it said um, teaching about same-sex relations in same-sex relationships in schools is not the issue I learned about Hitler in school and I didn't become a dictator and you just think you know what there are so many things you're taught in school and you you know it's not the people who think it's going to turn their children gay are I can't even I don't even have the words to put out there how stupid they must be to think that 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 is what that would do yeah I mean there's a whole 
hashtag on social media at the moment, which is hashtag not a drag queen. And because the rhetoric in America and not all places, I must say, but in a lot of places, pulling away from the attention about um, gun crime. And um, I was watching a video on social media the other day with Melissa Joan Hart. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She recently moved, um, their their kids were at a school just down the road from Sandy Hook. So they moved to a different state. And their, their the, the school, the next school along from where their kids went, there was a massive school shooting. So these are happening daily. We know these things are happening daily. The rhetoric is being spurted that drag queens are grooming children and that drag should be banned. Now, a lot of people who are pro LGBTQ allies, um, drag fans are putting this hashtag out there because there are so many um, things going up about people who do actually groom children who are teachers, priests, police officers. And it's hashtag not drag queen because they're trying to prove a point because, you know, the rhetoric that's going out there is that these people are bad and it's through miseducation yeah oh i'm I'm getting angry i'm getting angry yeah we knew this was going to happen with this episode we knew it was going to happen quick move along with the list demisexual that's demisexual it's an umbrella term used to describe people who may only feel sexually or romantically attracted to people with whom they have formed an emotional bond Oh, so mm. it doesn't just happen. Like... It doesn't just happen. Yeah, yes. If they've got to have a a really strong emotional bond before they can feel sexually or romantic attract romantically attracted to them. Ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're going. We've got the final few um few uh definitions for you, and these terms can be listed under both gender and sexuality. So. The first one is questioning, and it's the Q, which is either queer or questioning in the LGBTQ. Um, Questioning, really simply, is the process of exploring your own sexual orientation and or gender identity. So if you're not sure and you're in a position where you're just trying to work out, you're questioning. And it doesn't have to be on, you know, you might just be thinking, okay, well, I'm not attracted to the opposite sex. What, What does that mean? It might just be that you're at the very start of that journey. You're still questioning and there's nothing to be ashamed of about that. You could be questioning for your whole life. Just yeah, trying lots of different things. Yeah. yeah. What a way to be. Yeah. Ally. Woohoo. So this is quite an important one. So an ally is typically, but not always, a straight or cis person who supports members of the LGBTQ plus community. So an ally is a proactive role. Allies work to stay informed on current LGBT plus issues and events. They speak up for what's right and they support equality by fighting for policies that protect the LGBTQ um, individuals from discrimination. And allies are really important and they are welcome supporters of the LGBTQ uh, community. Um, And it's because they've got one of the most powerful and influential voices. They help create a platform for activism to fight homophobia, fight transphobia, and they personally advocate for equal treatment for all people, regardless of their sexual orientation. So that's why it's important if you are straight 
and or cis uh, cisgendered you your voice is going to really really matter Oh, sorry, sorry. No, I thought I went me. off then. No, yeah, your voices are going to really, really matter because you're kind of coming out from the standpoint of, you know, you're not you're not in the LGBT community, but you stand with them or just behind them. Never stand in front, but you're you're with them. Yeah, and I think that voice against other cisgendered straight people who aren't with them is so powerful it is it is and I'm going to leave the episode there because I think that's a great way to end it on that on that term and I think we as you know if you listen to this show regularly Vicky and I are trying all the time to better ourselves understand how we can support the LGBTQ plus community um, more and more so doing episodes like this doing pride month doing you know all the different episodes and bringing different people's stories to the forefront and the platform to allow people to not only have their say but also to open up the conversation so that other people can know that they're not on their own that's what's really important to us and we're going to keep doing that work so thank you everybody for tuning in and listening to us um I quite enjoyed that yeah, I've, I've learned a few things myself. I have, I have. I'm going to have to uh, take my glossary and uh, pop it on the uh, blog post, ready for <laughs> ready for the episode. Um, but if you like what you've heard today or you like our other episodes or you just like what we stand for, which is amazing, please pop onto our website and see the Support Us page where you can buy us a coffee. Something cold in this weather. Yeah, something cold. Like oh. ice lollies. Oh, you went right for the, the food goods there. Okay, yeah. I'm down well, with that. Ice cream. Because I can't find anything at the moment that I'm finding really like, you know, like quenching and I know what you refreshing, mean. you know? Yeah. So definitely yeah. like an ice lolly, like fruit pasta. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, I went straight for the alcohol again. Oh, well, you know, whatever, whatever works. <laughs> <laughs> but we hope you'll join us um, for the rest of the Pride series. We've got some incredible episodes coming up. Um, And of course, for the rest of the year, where we have some amazing, amazing guests and topics to cover. So please stick with us. And um, if you do have a topic or a guest or you'd like to come on the show yourself or you'd like us to discuss something, please get in touch and let us know via social media or our website. So it's goodbye from me. Yeah, it's goodnight from her. (laughs) (laughs) And we will catch you all very, very soon. Thanks ever so much, everyone. Bye. Bye.